0: Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. I would also like to thank our sponsor, Dr. Alba Raffaella, psychologist and author of Breaking the Mirror, a story and guide on how to recognize and deal with narcissists, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Raffa. Joining me today is my co-host, Mr. Anthony Dana. How's
1: hey. it going? this is 51.
0: We made it over the hump.
1: Yeah, we took a little break. Not Maybe not anybody would notice, or maybe they did notice. Who knows?
0: Yeah, we took a break on the 50th, <laughs> after the 50th.
1: Yeah, I think we deserved it. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to talk about, you said you wanted to talk about our our, our professions. Uh, well, one
0: thing I noticed when we have conversations about things, we'll talk about the overlap between our jobs. You work with children, I work with children and families, obviously work with adults too. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of the psychology techniques that you used, use, used to use, didn't realize you used. Because sometimes you'll say things and I'll say, oh, that's behavior modification or right. that's positive reinforcement or... You know, something like
1: that. Well, I did take so I went I went alternate route um to become a teacher and never student hall. And there was one education course that I did take at Rowan, and it was educational psych mm-hmm. go figure. And the only thing I remember from it was the the professor, very nice lady. Um, she was Jewish. And the only reason why I remember she was Jewish, it was a fall class and she said on the first day well i can tell i got a room full of idiots because if you're going to take a jewish professor Uh, oh no actually i'm sorry i messed that up i took her in the spring and she said i can tell i have a room full of idiots a class of idiots because if you're going to take a jewish professor you take them in the fall because you're going to have rosh hashanah and Yom kippur off and so that's pretty much all i remember from that class you know and uh i think really with my profession well, first of all, I think every, every teacher probably has a book in them, whether, you know, some are probably more entertaining than others, but it could be therapeutic maybe uh, for them to just write down their their career, you know, when it's almost over. And I got thrown in the deep end uh, at Shalik uh, student teaching, and I look back on it. And, um, God, I was awful, but you know, that's good because I, I got better every year and I just learned from experience.
0: What would you say you learned? Like, like if you, if you're now self had to go back and tell your then self some tips on teaching, what, what are the couple things that come to mind?
1: Oh gosh. Um, be patient with yourself and know that i guess you know what just the fact that it's something actually i had a, i had a couple of student teachers and so it was kind of a weird dynamic and i i, I kind of was in that that mindset because i was telling them things that i would have liked somebody to tell me and one thing i said was you're not very good right now you're gonna get you're gonna get so much better you just got to get your reps in you know and, and it's the truth and you know i think i would have benefited from hearing that like I'm 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 gonna be I'm going to be better, you know, Um, because I mean, I was just like trying to figure it out, you know, and and, then my mentor was was hardly a mentor. He he just was like, okay, here's the teacher's edition. Bye. And uh, I was like, okay, so, um, yeah, just that. And also, oh, gosh, that's a really I mean, that's
0: well, I imagine it's something like um, techniques, specific techniques that you can now manage a classroom. Cause I know you do a good job from what you tell me of disciplining and managing and not letting kids run amok. So there's that. Cause new teachers will sometimes be too nice, right? Too much. I definitely,
1: yeah, I definitely was well, you know, yeah, just to be, to be stern and take yourself, if you don't take yourself seriously, nobody else is, especially your class. And so, don't try to be their friend. You know, again, like it's it. It goes back to uh, Machiavelli. You know, is it more important to be feared or loved? And I, and again, I don't want my class to be scared of me. But at the same time, how many times do you take advantage of or you know hurt the ones you love? So you know, you don't want to. You don't. You know, you don't want them to do that to you.
0: I think a lot of young teachers I know um are scared to discipline or, or manage a classroom, even if it's um the little guys because they want to be liked. Same thing in my field when there's new therapists starting, they wanna, you know, they are overly compassionate. They have a hard time setting boundaries. So there there know.
1: can be the same issue with with new therapists, right? With their Oh yeah.
0: They don't have as much confidence or they have a harder time maybe talking to parents about things or being, you know, have like, I don't know, the expert, so to speak. So they feel like they are new and who were they to to be an expert so it's a learning curve and a lot of people have imposter syndrome with any any career you know and that's just learned you know to develop because you have confidence of course as a teacher Well now,
1: after right? yeah I've been 22 23 years so yeah. yeah but yeah my first 5 years um you know and well and one thing that I did and I wish I would have done this more but it really did benefit me is my first year I forget I think it was my the, so um Lauren Thomas was the principal at Shalik, and he you know took a chance on me and the one thing that he said he wanted me to do was you know, I want you to go watch other teachers mm-hmm. and it could be any class. It doesn't have to be history. It could be any class just to watch there. And a couple of teachers, you know, said, okay, they didn't mind. Some were like, no, I don't, what are they in my classroom for? So, but there was one history teacher at Shalik, uh, Marianne Michelle, that is amazing. And I I think what I learned from her is her exuberance and her just passion. And, you know, that's something you can't teach, but you could still be inspired by. It. And I was inspired by her with her projects, with her attitude. And she was serious, but she still had fun. And but she wasn't. She she didn't get pushed around. And she she. And again, it's a happy medium, and it's very very difficult to maintain.
0: I think that some um, well, when you ask kids what kind of teachers are memorable, it's like the um. Well, they were they were firm, but they were fair, right? Like it wasn't they were pushover. Or they were too stern. And I think humor is so important in my job and yours as well. You have to have fun especially when you're teaching kids or because my job is part of it is teaching too coping skills and psychoeducation you have to be fun because teaching things that are complex or boring mm-hmm. you know like i you know you bring games in and like we do on our podcast you bring some of the uh, fun stuff yeah i you know, tried to
1: yeah, yeah like the family well,
0: feud games and scavenger hunts and that kind
1: of thing right yeah i i i'm also a realist i know not everybody is interested in history as maybe i am and that's not necessarily a bad thing but you know i, I and some units you know, it's hard to make it interesting. It's like dressing up a pig. It's a silk hat and it's a nice ensemble. It's still a pig uh, at the end of the day. So yeah, you got to come up with games or, or things to, to to keep it moving. And, th- and now this is, this is this time of year for many teachers, I know myself included, it's like home stretch, mm-hmm. you know, but man, it's, it's, um,
0: long stretch. It's a him. long
1: stretch. Cause, um, there hasn't know. been
0: any breaks. really. Well,
1: and the kids are going to start getting more and more like, you know, like, uh, hyped, uh, and, and just, uh,
0: Anty. yeah.
1: And, uh, antsy. It's well, there's
0: sp- no break till spring break,
1: right? Yeah. Spring break. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, and then we got, okay. Then that's spring, pretty, I mean, yeah, we got Memorial days, Day weekend, you know, but I mean, yeah, it's a long stretch. It's, and it's, it's a long stretch. Yeah.
0: Now it's kind of also the, uh, do or die. Like they have to pass. Like these are the, like, this is the end. There's no more chances. They have final exams and they're maybe graduating. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, yeah. um, So my school, my school doesn't give final exams anymore. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to get into it. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't I want don't to get, get into All it. right.
0: Well, some kids feel pressure now, or they have senioritis, obviously, if they're seniors and they're getting ready to go. Um,
1: five years ago, right? six years ago, yeah. I mean, that yeah. was a thing. I'll, I'll talk about time, it.
0: time. Yeah. yeah. and, and to an AP exam. Oh, sorry. well, the
1: AP, well, the one thing, um, yeah, the AP exam and, um, you know, the one thing about again, you the, again the different types of, of of student, you know. So you have the student that is just like, "Hey, I got a C, thank God." And then you have the others, you know, students that like, they got a ninety seven and they're gonna like fight me over why did you why did I lose those three points, you know? And and they will fight you tooth and nail on it. And I enjoy the ones who are just happy to get a C sometimes because. Well, you know, not every kid is just, you know, a slacker. They they just don't get it or it just takes longer for them. So it's just fun to see them, you know, pass or, or get or, you know, hey, sometimes they get an A or B and then they're really, really, you know, doing doing cartwheels. But mm-hmm. the AP kids, they're so obsessed on class rank and status. Yeah, sure. Because you understand, it, you know, that 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 is. Those four years are the most important four years of your life. You remember, right? I mean, that that, that, that sure, yeah. right now doesn't matter. Just the high school years matter again to a high school student. So, what? and I, it's so tough to put myself into that because I know, I know, but I also know that there was no talking to me, or it was very difficult to get through to me and, mm-hmm. and the average teenager about these problems. You know, they're, small, and again, I don't want to say they small small don't matter because
0: well, they're, they're all different. Small, yeah.
1: Yeah, but like... Well,
0: I reframe it with kids sometimes like, is this going to matter in five years, right? There you <clears> go. And they can sometimes see, well, actually, no. And it's not invalidating them that their experience is real for them now, but is this really going to be catastrophic if this, you know, this happens? Like, well, you get a B. <laughs> you well, you know, what like, I tell the high
1: school kids... <laughs> you don't I, have
0: AP credits.
1: I, I try to use this this comparison. So say they're, you know... I, you know, they're complaining or they're worried about this, that, and the other thing. And they're 16, 17 years old. I'm like, were you worried about or, or obsessed over or concerned over something five years ago? Yeah. You you think, can you think back to that time and, and just go back and wish you can go back in time and say, Hey, you're being silly. Cause right now this is the pressure five, you know, you're right now you're nine. It's a mm-hmm. piece of cake right now. Wait till you get to high school. And then mm-hmm. five years from now, you're going to want to go back to your high school self and go, now I'm in high school now. I mean, i now I'm in college, grad school, whatever. Now it's intense, you know, and it's always going to, you're always going to want to go back in time and, or think back and go, wow.
0: That, yeah, that really helps. wasn't
1: that big of a deal.
0: Put it in perspective. Like, I'll do that too. Like, are you worried about the things you were worried about, you know, when you were nine or 10? No, I'm not. Like, And also it teaches kids resilience. You can get through tough stuff, you know? And I think that pointing out those cognitive distortions, teenagers are, <laughs> tend to catastrophize, have black and white thinking, personalize.
1: They're, they're, know, I, I just think Almost that
0: all of the thinking traps.
1: I don't know what it they is. is. They're, they're, they're so overly sensitive about- Everything and um. well, it's
0: developmentally, so that's another thing. Maybe I don't know if you learned that in your classes, but developmental psychology is important. seeing this is developmentally typical or normal for someone at this age. Of course, they act like this or think like this because of where they're at in their life stage and lifespan. Yeah, know, yeah keeping that in consideration. Now, it is obviously very different than when we were in high school a lot. I think it's worse. A lot more pressure. Well, it's a lot more.
1: You know, it's like um, you, you know, know
0: anxiety provoking situations.
1: And, well, well, you know, the the internet and just social media. It's just it's just so it's so sad. And, so and toxic. It's, yeah. I said, you know, I was I was talking to my daughter about it, and I said, um, wherever somebody says something like, oh yeah, they somebody said something about you here or something. So, and I'm like, you know, if that ever happens, and I don't think it has happened yet, or might have, who knows? But I said, yeah, you know what? There are people talking about me right now. Guess what? I have no idea what they're saying. Because you know why? I really don't care. Like, you know, if I I can go search for it, maybe I can find some dirt on me, but I you know, it's 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 not worth my time.
0: Well, yeah, and they I mean they they have um like they're on a stage, you know, when you're in high school, like and now there's a bigger stage because there's the internet and social media and there's evidence to support their thinking of being left out at a party or someone saying something mean or whatever, so so and so dating so and so and there's so much social pressure. To conform and put yourself in a category, I guess. Right? I guess
1: so. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they want to label themselves because mm-hmm. it, it gives them some security.
0: Well, at this time, is identity formation for them. They're trying to figure out who they are. You know, maybe starting to differentiate from their parents and have different thinking from their parents, realizing that they can have different thoughts and feelings, you know? Yeah.
1: But, um, yeah, I mean, that might be the only thing I would, I would go back and tell myself. I mean, there's some other little caveats and little tidbits. Yeah, tidbits I would, I would, you know, go into like, or like, you know, Hey, listen, when you do this, try that or, or, you know,
0: or lesson planning, like ways to actually like organize your time or plan your time. Uh, and-
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. And just, just know that, you know, you're, you're going to, you know, you're, I mean, cause I, that's to say that I think I was, you know, what, what did you call it? The, um, the imposter mm-hmm. complex or something like where you're just like. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. your syndrome like where, you know, cause I did feel like that. I'm like, man, I, I'm like, I felt like I got my degrees, but I'm a phony. Like I'm not like, and, mm-hmm. and I'm with, I'm with these other teachers and like, I'm, you know, I'm in the same department as Marianne Rochelle I'm and same I'm like, title. this yeah. is a joke. Like, you know, like, I yeah. mean, I know, yeah. you know, again, she's been at it longer. She, she makes more money than me and rightfully so. And she, She's, she, she can, you know, teach circles around me, but it's like, yeah, you can have, you can have me or you can have her and, and, oh my God, did you like, you know, lose out if you got me? I mean, that's how I felt because I was like, oh my God.
0: Like, you know. Or when you're young, starting out in your career, you feel like you're a kid still, you know, like you're still oh, you're not, yeah. not that far away from these kids. You're not that much older, especially mm-hmm. if you're in your twenties or so, you know, or the credibility being, being treated like a authority figure, right. And be taken seriously.
1: Yeah. And that was, you know, and that sometimes that can be, I mean, you know, where I just want to teach and do my job. And it's like, you know, one thing I've, I've used is, um, with kids and if they're disrupting class, I, I just, I remind them, like, I'm doing my job and you're, you're, you're kind of hurting that here, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, you're hindering it. Like, you know, and I gave one kid a comparison. I said, if your father was a truck driver, how would you feel if my son decided to slash his tires? Because that's basically what you're doing right now. You're, you're setting up a roadblock for me to teach this class. And he kind of looked at me like, first of all, I'm like thinking, is is his father? Is his father uh, yeah, true driver? To... To... Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, it's, um you got to, yeah, you have to, you have to discipline them. And then you also, they, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a subject matter I'd like to teach, by the way, if anybody... It doesn't have any problem with that.
0: And I think that um, it's important for, you know, rewarding good behavior. So whether it's extra credit or they did a good job and they get points and not giving out free handouts and giving kids a pass just because they're crying. Like, I think it's good to, uh, as always, like consequences for behaviors and then rewards for behaviors as well. It works. And working with parenting, it works all the time, everywhere across the board. We have consequences and we also get rewards for things. As adults. So you've talked to me about all the different uh, classes you've taught over the years and that you do teach. What would you say your favorite one to teach is?
1: Well, my favorite is US 1, where I get to go into the American Revolution is something that is taught in the elementary school and middle school but obviously in high school i go more in depth and it's just really interesting to take a look at these characters closely and some kids actually it's easier to buy into now because of hamilton the broadway yep. show that helps a lot yep and that's so well makes done. it
0: more fun that yeah. drunk history
1: <laughs> and drunk well i i like drunk history so i did i tell you i auditioned for drunk history I sent them a tape. No. I did. Yeah. Are you Um, drunk? Well, it's... What's the show called? Yeah. But you know what? It was Um, funny. I wasn't... Obviously, they didn't get back to me. And in a way, I might have had a conundrum. Because would my school district be very happy with one of their one of their teachers being you know professing Mm -hmm. the crossing of the delaware but doing it piss drunk
0: maybe that's why they didn't choose you because they don't want teachers no i just made me think that they found somebody because you know it's it's mostly (laughs) comedians yeah
1: i don't think it was their particular brand of bourbon so to speak Mm mm-hmm but yeah, that's my favorite, and you know, in the Civil War—that's also an interesting era. Mm-hmm. You yeah,
0: make it
1: fun. Got You know, I, I I have a lot do of fun. Do you do
0: reenactments?
1: Well, I used to dress up as George Washington,
0: and <laughs> I saw him. picture.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh. that's always fun, and yeah, I I think I that's where I have the most games and activities in my little toolbox with the U.S. One mm-hmm. throughout the years, I've I've accumulated. Things. So, do you still do that? What's that? Dress up? Yeah. No, I haven't. But maybe, you know, maybe my last year, I might go dress up one day. Your last year?
0: It's
1: not like an annual thing? No. You know, Mm. listen, costume rentals aren't cheap. And I mean, I know it's a write-off, but still. (laughs) So I have a game. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. Of course. so fun. I try. So these are quotes about teaching. And so I'm going to give you a quote. I've done this before. And so basically, you guess, I'm going to give you three individuals that could have said it. One of them did. Okay. And you figure out who the culprit is, who did say, who said what, uttered this quote,
0: who said what?
1: Yes. <laughs> this, 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 this game is called? Here we go. Okay. I cannot teach anybody anything. I can only make them think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you're giving me a smirk, and I think maybe you already know No, it I is. don't. Okay, I, okay. No, no, no.
0: I'm smirking because well, I heard this. Well, because this is
1: philosophy, and you minored oh, in philosophy. Oh, you gave me,
0: that's why I've heard it before.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Now, oh, you gave me a clue. So, it rings a bell. You're giving me a clue. No pressure that I was a philosophy major.
1: Socrates, or Socrates, as Bill so- and Ted <laughs> <laughs> call it. Call Socrates.
0: Them Plato,
1: or, Plato. of course, Aristotle.
0: All those guys. You didn't even give me, like, a, a one that's obviously not that person. Okay. Because they're all so close. Or Henry them. Kissinger. All right. So Socrates, Aristotle, Plato, Mm -hmm. and who? (laughs) Henry Kissinger. Obviously, (laughs) it's not him. Yeah, I can eliminate him. Oh yeah, I think it's a safe bet. All right, let me think. Where can you read it again? I
1: cannot teach anybody anything. I can only make them think. Aristotle. Socrates. Almost said
0: Socrates. Because Socrates taught Aristotle, right? And Aristotle taught Plato. No,
1: right? this is how it? I remember it. You you remember? Have an, have an, SPA, SPA. The acronym SPA. Socrates, Socrates taught Plato. Plato taught Aristotle.
0: So I was thinking whoever was first, but yeah. They okay. sat
1: in the spa, had a good steam, and talked philosophy.
0: And that's all they did.
1: Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to get into what else they did. All right, anyway. <laughs> oh,
0: exactly. <laughs> you
1: got steamy in that spa.
0: <laughs> steamy in the spa. So the spas are steamy.
1: hmm Anyway, next one. Tell me and I forget. Teach me, and I remember. Involve me, and I learn. Mm -hmm. Okay, here are the three to choose from. We're going to go with Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, or Thomas Paine.
0: So I'm going to stick with A, which is Ben Franklin.
1: Ben Franklin is correct. He is one of the most quoted individuals. He's got a lot of good ones. And
0: that's often true depending on what kind of learner you are. Did we talk about this before, the different kind of learn? Did I ask you this? No, you didn't. I didn't ask you this. Okay. So if you were to make a peanut butter, learn how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, would you learn better by watching a video or me make it, making it with me side by side, or hearing the directions audio-wise? Well... Like reading the directions, watching me... I feel like... Hearing it or hands-on.
1: I feel like... Like we just talked about it. Experience hmm. is the best teacher. I didn't student teach and on. I don't know, really. I think it would have been useful, but I don't think it was necessary. Would uh, you,
0: how would you get your peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I,
1: I, I'll watch you once and then you'll say, okay, now you do it. And you'll watch like me and monitor mom. me. And if I make a mistake, you'll correct me, but I'll still, uh, it'll be me doing it. And I think m- most people, Are hands on. and I dare I say everybody, yeah, no, you, you will learn no, learn no, better no. that way.
0: There's visual learners, there's kinesthetic, kinesthetic, kinetic, kinesthetic. kinesthetic, Well, the end result is we're going to get
1: you to, uh, the end result is we want you to make your own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So the quicker we get you into getting your hands dirty, making mistakes, learning from those mistakes, I think that's the best way to go.
0: I'm a visual learner. I could probably read the directions on how to make it because I do bake and I can read and I can bake pretty well without watching a video. Although now that there's videos, it's, it is. Oh, helpful I love to it. watch a video. Uh, of, how do I make this kind of
1: chicken? Oh, there's yeah. six videos on how to make. To okay. watch it,
0: so it's visual still. Yeah,
1: it's enhanced visual. All right. So the final quote.
0: The final countdown.
1: The final countdown. Okay. Is people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Now mm-hmm. I understand. I've heard this quote. And I understand so people why? can't make you feel any way, but.
0: No, no, no. It's how you feel about something. It's right. It's still your perception what of
1: or had, experience of it. Right. Like I told you, uh, Marianne Rochelle, she really she motivated you. me and inspired me. Yeah. So that, I guess it's more about like inspiring you and making you feel involved. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So here are the choices. We have Maya Angelou. We have Oprah Winfrey.
0: I knew it was a woman.
1: Right. And then we have Jane Fonda.
0: Okay. Maya Angelou.
1: Yes. Correct. I've never yeah. Heard that one. Well, she was a poet. She was a writer.
0: Right. I knew it wasn't Jane Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> Although she might make you feel good okay. by modeling what did she do? Aerobics. Well, she was an actress her? also. No, no, but she did the video. I think the, the best
1: I think videos. the the best thing she ever did was she was Henry Fonda's daughter. I think that was <laughs> that, that was the best thing that ever happened to her. And then that, that made everything else more possible. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying she's not somewhat talented, but you know how I feel about offspring stars.
0: Right. The nepotism that comes out. Oh
1: please, time. yeah.
0: <laughs> do we have mailbag? questions.
1: Yeah, we do have a mailbag. Let me see. I got got it. Yeah. So here's one right here. We got a couple questions. And this one is from Larry Christensen from Reading, Pennsylvania. And Larry writes, should you be in therapy for a certain amount of time or could this be a lifelong endeavor or does it all? And it does it depend on the situation, of course.
0: So Larry shoulding, we don't want Larry to shoot, Okay. Shut
1: well,
0: shoot, shoot all over himself. Larry, Larry, shame yeah. on you, Larry. Shame on you, Larry. All right. So I get asked this question pretty frequently, like, how how long do I have to be in therapy? Yeah, well, um, how long do you fix me? Right. Which is always a red flag <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that someone may not be very invested, but, or it's a financial question because they want to know, you know, maybe how much they need to invest in therapy. So traditional CBT therapy is 12 to 20 sessions. If you're working on one thing, like a phobia you're working on, you know, major depressive disorder, or there is like a short-term goal, then yeah. If you're talking about longer-term cognitive restructuring of core beliefs, at least a year. Now, I don't mean weekly therapy. And then if it's deep dive stuff along the lines of like, you know, childhood traumas or perhaps relationship changes, self-esteem, then that's obviously going to take longer. But my best answer is it depends. Depends on the person, depends on the clinician, depends on how hard people are working to collaborate together. And I think I've mentioned many times we cannot fix people.
1: This is just my question. Larry, is uh, what if I told you that I'm going to a psychologist or psychiatrist five times a week?
0: You? Me being
1: just, just Joe average and I'm just Joe you, average. Yeah. What would you think first thing, like, whoa?
0: Well, one, how can you afford it? Okay. Because, why? first of all, why would you go to a psychiatrist five times a week for medication? Okay. Because they don't do therapy, remember? Oh,
1: you're a psychologist.
0: When you psychologist five times a week, yeah, for psychoanalysis is is the presumption for that. Yeah, yeah, I would say that you're lying because no one does that.
1: Okay, no one does that. All right, okay.
0: Yeah, one insurance doesn't pay for that, and two, if you're going to pay out of pocket, well, again, say be, say you know like, that'd be I'm, pretty pricey. Oh,
1: okay, I'm, I'm Howard Hughes. You know, that'd like.
0: be over a thousand dollars a week. Okay, so I would say someone is is taking advantage so, of you. So
1: you're getting fleeced. You're getting fleeced. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's well. If some look, if someone needs. If someone needs a higher level of care, meaning going to therapy three to five times a week, that's not just individual, that's group therapy and, you know, like individual, like in an intensive outpatient facility, that is more often, but that's skills-based training and isn't necessarily diving deep into your relationship with your mother.
1: Okay. Let's see what else we have. In the <laughs> I don't think I'd,
0: I'd want to take people's money.
1: All right, Larry, now you know.
0: Larry knows. Reading, PA. Okay.
1: Let's see what else we got here. <laughs> One here. Ooh. This one is from Margaret Langston, and she is from Sacramento, California. And Margaret writes, Dr. Rafa, I enjoy the show, especially Mr. D. He's so funny and charming. Oh, <laughs> wow. thank you. Thank it's you. A
0: shout Martha. out. Man. That's very
1: nice of you. She wants to know that, Dr. Rafa, what is your philosophy on treating mental illness? What is your, uh, what? I guess, yeah, what's your technique or your approach, I guess, is what she's trying to say on mental illness.
0: Hmm. So she doesn't,
1: (laughs) I don't know if (laughs) she doesn't realize, or she's writing for a friend. She could be, she could be.
0: All right, or maybe she's never listened to an episode.
1: Yeah, she could. She, or she just maybe just started a couple of episodes. Even though the name again. of
0: the, the the episode is or she doesn't PT, she hasn't PT. gone
1: into the archives yet, but you, BT
0: talk therapy talk therapy, C B T. Okay, so I'll answer this nicely. Okay. So Maggie, it's cognitive behavioral therapy, is my theoretical orientation. I was trained in family systems, so I look at that as well. People's relationship and their family dynamic and family of origin and their relationships. I also incorporate act, which is acceptance commitment therapy, into CBT. So CBT is looking at people's thoughts and feelings and behaviors and how they're interconnected and looking to see what may or may not be working. Part of cognitive behavioral therapy is also exposure therapy. So the evidence-based treatment for OCD and all anxiety disorders, exposure therapy, phobias, things like that. For trauma, I use prolonged exposure and EMDR. Okay. So an eclectic. And then for couples, which I don't have too many couples, I follow the Gottman method. I was trained and the Gottman method. So I would say generally that's my theoretical orientation.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you. There you go, <laughs> Mrs. Langston. Or Miss Langston. I didn't...
0: Yeah, meet. we don't know. No. It, you just got caught up because she said you were charming.
1: Well, yeah, that's, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. great question after that, you know, it was all...
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was
1: great. It was all rainbows and lollipops. You know what we pops? forgot?
0: We didn't do our own quotes, but I'll just steal your quotes from your game.
1: Yeah, that's fine. That's I got okay. three. You can have one. You'll share. Yeah, sure.
0: That's nice. So do you like being a teacher, sir?
1: Most of the, <laughs> the time, yeah. question.
0: Teaching is great.
1: Most of the time I do. Most of the time? July and August are my favorite times being a teacher, yeah.
0: July and August are great, yeah. <laughs> Not getting up early probably is, you don't like being a teacher.
1: It's, uh, when I get up early, I'm, I'm happy and proud, you know, but I do like getting up early in the morning because it just, you know, you feel like you're accomplishing something. So that part of teaching, I do enjoy.
0: Well, it's peaceful. When it's dark in the morning when you get up, right? Oh, yeah. Is it still going to be dark when we, should we change the clocks next time we have a podcast, right? Two weeks? March I think so. March 11th to 2 a.m. March 12th, actually, 2 a.m. Yeah. So I don't remember if it's light in the
1: morning or not. We, well, we spring ahead, so.
0: This may be the last year I heard some people overhearing over some people talk about. This may be the last year of time, time travel. Time change. Time
1: travel. You love your time travel. travel. When do we show on just time travel?
0: I don't, well, on all the books I've read and movies and stuff.
1: By the way, everybody coming up eventually, we're going to do a book review because I just started quote unquote reading it and it's books on it's Audible, on the, audible. Yeah. but it's it's by Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference.
0: Right. So we were watching some videos on him and you ended up getting the book. He is a former hostage negotiator. And I think from the little bit I've seen, he uses a lot of psychology techniques.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and and so I he think could it could a be Yeah, I think it could be a a really fun book review. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We're looking forward to doing that in the future weeks to yeah, come.
0: depends how fast I get mine.
1: I think yeah, I mean I maybe mine. by like May or something or maybe well, even April who knows, but
0: I borrow mine from the library. Right? And and now I'm And library nerd.
1: And don't, you know, and uh, don't forget you can always email questions. These are, you know, or written written to us.
0: Right. These are actually sent in the mail with a stamp. Yeah. Exciting. So. As always, thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com. Email us if you have any questions at infoinnerbalancepsychology.com at and remember to stop it and give yourself a chance.